0: One of the things I see people saying is remove your inactive contacts. Right. And of course, if you if your you know if your email platform is working properly and has got good bounce management, it should be self-cleaning, right? That's all of that should be standard. You're only emailing to people that have subscribed and you know, that have an active inbox. So I'm assuming that takes place. But what I mean is where people are being told if somebody hasn't opened an email. In three months uh, you know delete them so that's that works in some cases but not in every case so you need to be careful about um, taking that type of advice and uh, uh, I heard a good story about that where um, I actually have a client um, who sends out a newsletter once a month and one subscriber only opens in December and then buys something Every year, I don't know. I presume it's a Christmas gift or something like that. But if they had taken that advice, they would have deleted that, that, that one person who was buying from them. So, so you need to be careful about um, doing that. And it's it's not a one size. Uh, it's not a one size uh, fits all. Today
1: in Unboxing, Christopher Byrne. CEO and co-founder at SensorPro. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, So we're at another episode of Inboxing. It's actually, according to my calculations, episode number 31 pretty mind-blowing to me, personally. Uh, today we have a really a great guest, this is a wonderful guy, and, and someone I've been meaning to talk to for a long time. Some work together on uh, 30 Days to Better Email, which you could check out at hillaberg.com slash 30 days. And yeah, I, I don't really know that much about him, so that's so why I'm really excited to talk to him today, and he's got a lot of wisdom, and I'm sure well, anyone who listens and joins will gain a lot from it. So without ado, any further ado, please welcome Chris Byrne. Thanks for having me on Inboxing.
0: Great to be here. I've been a fan for quite a few years, so thanks for having me all the way from Israel. I'm calling you from uh, the west coast of Ireland, uh, the very edge of Europe.
1: All right, sounds amazing. It's it's really a pleasure to have you on. And like I mentioned to you, yeah, you're my first Irishman. Uh, We've had a few people from uh, the UK, you know, one guy from uh, Ukraine, trying to think how many countries we covered, you know, obviously a lot of uh, the United States. But uh, definitely Ireland, this is
0: a first. Yeah, delighted to be here. And uh, I, I, you know, as you mentioned in, in the startup, we were involved in a, a couple of projects uh, together on the 30 days of email. And one of the other projects, I don't know if you were involved with that one, was our our EU email marketers where we were talking to email marketing folks from the EU. We had Yana Tory. We had Tom from Flowmailer. Uh, so we have a... There's a great group of people in the email geeks, and I think that's kind of it's kind of the special thing about our about our industry is how all of us work together, um, even though on paper, you know, some of you know we're competitors in some cases, um, but the community we have, I think, with email geeks is fantastic, isn't
1: it? It really, really is, and like it's such a feeling of camaraderie, and you know, like it's like I posted. Uplers did their right. yearly, you know, uh, you know, 42 this year, 42 email professionals talk about, you know, what to look forward to in 2022. So just seeing all the people we know from the industry, you know, like it just brought such a smile to my face, you know, like, oh, it's your and this one, and that one, everyone. Yeah, know. there's some
0: great folks. And, you know, before we get into it, I guess we should also talk about, you know, Ukraine and what's happening there and how how our community are helping one another, as you mentioned, you know, we were talking, I was chatting with someone yesterday who had to completely change their business and move, move out of, move out of Russia or Ukraine. And uh, so helping, helping our fellow email geeks is important. Uh, I'm actually volunteering with a charity group called UkraineNow.org. If you want to hop on there and leave them a donation, they're doing amazing work in terms of evacuating people from, Ukraine and they also set up a great job site to connect tech workers with opportunities so check them out
1: that's great yeah I'm really glad you plugged for that and I think the whole world I mean I don't really know anyone who isn't praying for peace in the Ukraine I mean it's crazy that in 2022 you could just a big country could just try to take over a small country and, and right sort of right. standing we, there and watching
0: we can't do nothing that's for sure
1: for sure all right well let's jump into it so yeah so you founded a company or co-founded a company called sensor pro you want to tell us a little bit more about what that is oh actually i jumped in I, I skipped i needed to scroll up that's not the first question the first question is yeah tell us about yourself and how you even got started in email
0: well it's kind of tied the two questions are kind of go together i think <laughs> about i sold a software business about 20 years ago right at the the dot-com thing and it wasn't connected with email at all it was actually in the payments industry and i decided you know i I wasn't going to retire i was going to keep going and um, and you know i had noticed how difficult it was to at that time uh, to either build websites or do crm or do email so we decided to build product to solve that problem and we we had a slightly different approach in the sense that uh, we combined email and surveys together so we built a survey platform and we build an email platform. We combine them. That's why the, the sensor pro is there so that people could ask questions about their customers and then send email based on the answers. That's, that's kind of how it evolved. And in terms of how we got to where we are today, our whole approach was a partner. So we love working with partners and with agencies and other software companies. And in fact, our first major partner was with Epsilon Interactive and they had just been, Google had just bought DoubleClick at the time, and Epsilon was spun out, and they private label uh, the survey app. And to this day, they're, they're, they're still doing that. Uh, they're now part of Publicis Group. Uh, so they're a fabulous partner. And uh, US firm Epicor are also one of our major private label companies. They're a big ERP firm. So that's, that's kind of how we got started in terms of the company a lot of challenges as you know over the years and uh, we would be one of the few that have both a, a cloud platform as well as a on-premise version of our platform which is which is interesting to some people but not not everyone
1: right yeah definitely i mean that on-premise is definitely not you know, it sounds like a software, you know, you, like a disk you put in your computer to set up. Not like, does it really like ages you a little bit <laughs> you're still a young man? Yeah. But anyway, But yeah, uh, definitely cloud is is definitely, everything's on the cloud today, really. All right. What kind of things do you see in your inbox that really kind of rub you the wrong way?
0: Yeah. That's a, quite a question. But uh, one of the things is when people don't take advantage of things that are easy to do. So for example, when I see a great brand and they do things like mess up the pre-header, that's, that makes me cringe. And I, you know, we all make mistakes, right? It's easy to do. Um, so the, pre, you know, a messed up pre-header is one. And we actually made a little tool um, on the bottom of our website, sensorpro.eu slash pre. It'll make you a great little pre-header for free and pad it out. So you get a extra subject line. The other thing that makes me cringe is where people don't take advantage of getting their logo in Gmail. It's a simple thing to do. It takes literally ten minutes. And uh, again, we've a free tool that helps you do that. So it's not quite BIMI or B I M I or however you pronounce that. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly, but at least in Gmail, you know, you get your little logo beside your beside your brand. I mean, if you were on Twitter or social media, you wouldn't have the egg avatar, right? So why would you do that in Gmail? It's, it's so easy to do, it takes five, 10 minutes to do. And uh, it's a free tool on our website, go do it.
1: No, it's great, you know, not only do you think, see things that cringe, but then you do things about them. You make tools, <laughs> so right. you yeah. should all be inspired by that. And, you know, we see something wrong, try to help, but you're not the only one with that issue, see what you can do about it. All right, so, I mean, you kind of spoke about this already, but like, what was the immediacy that started, you know, SensorPro?
0: In terms of starting, I think you're probably referring, why did we get into e-commerce? I have, a, I have a little story for you about that. I was helping a client who was on WooCommerce and a WordPress plus WooCommerce site, and they were having such a hard time. Simple things like uploading products and images and so on. It was really difficult. And every time they needed to do something, they needed the developer to help them. And you know, they didn't have the budget to do so. I mean, they were small. A small e-commerce store, and I said, you know, I'm going to give Shopify a go. So I spent about three hours moving their site over, and I just could not believe it—how um, great it was! What a platform! What a great ecosystem! So I, I basically said to our team, I said, we're doubling down on this. This is fantastic. And when we, when I, when I asked the merchant, I said, tell me, what's the difference between? What you're doing, your old platform, and what you're doing on Shopify today, and they told me they said this feels like a real store, and it was an interesting comment. Even though on the face of it, right, stores are broadly the same, right, list of products, shopping cart, and whatnot, but it was the whole back end, the back office system, the integration. So that's what brought us into into e-commerce, and it was an interesting way for them to describe what they had before and what they had today. Uh, And that's very much I think about where the future of these types of platforms are going is what guys like Shopify are doing. So we doubled down on that and we decided to move our platform, or build our platform within uh, the Shopify app ecosystem. It's not there that long. We have a couple of hundred stores there already. So we're pretty new to it because it takes a while to get approved. Um, which is what it's all about, so that you know merchants can see that this is a verified app and they've been through the through the mill in terms of getting it there. Um, I'm super impressed with what Toby is doing there, and so much so then that we decided to go uh, do the next one, which is BigCommerce. So we did the same thing and uh, launched launched on BigCommerce. So we're we love this space in in. In e-commerce because it's got everyone you know it's got the mom and pop shops uh it's got big brands they need our stuff they need email and they need surveys and all that sort of stuff and the whole ecosystem is brilliant in, in terms of working within it
1: and do you guys like integrate like fully like i'm talking my experience is with Clavio. so you know Clavio is integrated right. it's like amazing it's a dream for for marketers Sure, because it's so easy to create segments, or you know, you just like you have all the customer history in there, and you know, just right. Yeah, so is that, are you guys doing something similar?
0: Oh yeah, I mean, you can't do anything but that. I mean, you literally oh. can't. Be. <laughs> it's a great question because some people say they, oh yeah, we we work with Shopify or big commerce or these other platforms, but it. But if they're on the edge and if they're not part of the ecosystem, then it's not the same thing. I mean, you need to have right. visi- you need to have visibility of inventory, orders, all of that sort of stuff. So you can do everything. Recovery. Yeah, it's and, shocking to me, really, that there are
1: yeah. ESPs that call themselves e-commerce ESPs, right. but they don't have this native functionality. Like, no,
0: And that's a great point. And that's why being part of the ecosystem is important, uh, is because you are vetted. and um, But also, you can do really cool things. So for example, we launched a new module called RFM. Uh, which is st- stands for recency, frequency, and monetary, which basically allows you to say which customers purchased recently from us, which ones, uh, you know, it's a score that's assigned to, to the customer, but, it, but it's not just a report. We build a whole campaign. So all you do is tweak the message a little bit if you want. And the important thing here is that if that's what Shopify and uh, merchants expect expect that they don't expect an army of developers to get this thing working they just don't understand that so if you are coming to the space with that perspective you're not going to be successful Um maybe with the larger ones perhaps who are used to having large teams but certainly for for the mid-tier the expectation is that it works without a a large army uh so and it kind of You know, that kind of brings us to also to talking about things like the open metric. You know, we've all talked about that and Apple MPP Uh, and things like, you know, what we were talking about there with having access to orders and inventory and so on are things that are really going to help people move away from the open metric. So instead of saying the only thing I can measure on is an open metric, well, you can also measure on how long ago did somebody buy from you? um and and things like that and integrating and looking at data from outside the silo of email is important and that's kind of where we need to go i think
1: right right for sure i mean like one of and it's not really a direct competitor but last season i had a great interview with andrew ross paquette and he's like on a mission to not just get the email integrated with that but also to bring in the customer support and like basically every channel that a customer could think of is all in one platform, which is a very lofty dream, you know, because he wants the, right. the the retail part of it, the, the, the website part of it, you know, everything is all coming in. So it's gonna be a hell of a product when it's finished, but um, you know, but it's interesting to hear, yeah, like that in terms of what you guys are doing, like not everybody needs that, you know, like just having that native functionality is so powerful. And like you were saying, yeah, that like people, that's what they expect. Like just software that works. That you don't need, you know, anyone else to get set up and bada bing, bada boom, as they That's say. It for sure. All right. How long did it take? You know, now Sensor Pro is over twenty years old, right? Right. All right. So, uh, would you say now you're rolling, or like, you know, is there was there like a long warm up period until it really took off, or like, where do you think you are in that journey? I guess.
0: Well, we're we're still rolling, Yeah. You know? um, <laughs> But it's fun, and here's another story for you. Back in 2004, a really well-respected colleague of mine, he actually phoned me up and he said, "Chris, you got to get out of email." I said, "Okay," and I said, "Why, Bob?" And he said, "Oh, this thing called Gmail, uh, Gmail, uh, G was G- it? G- 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 Google Wave is coming. Google Wave going to kill you guys. And anybody, anybody, everybody, remember Google Wave?"
1: <laughs> no. No. <laughs> no. No. I have no idea what Google Wave is.
0: Yeah. So, I mean...
1: It's gone the way of Google Plus, I guess.
0: <laughs> right. And so many people have called for, or, you know, have announced the death of email, but it's still here. And it's, it's here because it's the number one channel between you and the subscriber and the brand. And you can choose to leave whenever you want you know there is no algorithm in the way to say "Oh, let's not send this person this email today so that's uh, yes we need social of course we do but email is you know it remains the uh, the last of, of the independent channels that are out there let's hope uh, Elon doesn't buy doesn't buy email I've seen people joke about that but interestingly as we mentioned this did you know that you know Twitter have an email company you know they bought get review right and maybe 10 years ago i think they bought another email platform uh, just so that they could do email internally themselves because they are a huge sender of email
1: i didn't um, know that didn't they also buy sender stack or something
0: like that Substack. i don't remember it was oh 10 years ago uh, i don't remember the name of the company could be that um but it is interesting that elon owns an email marketing company right
1: <laughs> right yeah definitely yeah wild stuff yeah, so what were the biggest challenges to growing the business?
0: Well, I think you know getting paid was 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 one of the biggest challenges. and I've always been surprised by who wouldn't pay you. and it's never it, it's you know it's never the small company. Often it's the biggest brands. So one of the best things we did for our platform, we put in a a pays you go service so that you could buy credits just a bit like topping up your phone. And that actually, that really boosted us for for many, many years. And so that, and it was, people loved it because it meant that they weren't on a monthly subscription and when they needed to send, they could just top up with some credits and, you know, away they go. That actually really helped us because it moved us from kind of a manual invoicing type of company to where people could could go online and, and buy credits. So that was a a big help to us, but and I, you know, I I, I do work with a, a good number of startups, and that that continues to be the issue for for people
1: is getting paid.
0: So solve that <laughs> problem. <laughs> that's
1: interesting. All right, what do you feel are the biggest contributors to your success?
0: Well, we've got a great team, and that's that is actually one of the, the fabulous things that makes us me feel secure about our business. Um, every time I, you know, in the morning. That they, you know, some of the team are with us more than 20 years. Some of them have been with me in prior companies. So that domain expertise that they bring is just fabulous for our business because they they know this business well. And that's why we, you know, we've decided we could do lots of things, right? Uh, but we decided to to really focus on the email space. Because that's, you know, you know, that's our specialty. And uh, so I, I would say it was the, uh, the team of people we had who helped build us what we have here.
1: All right. Where do you find great people? What's the key to putting together a great team?
0: Well, that's a difficult one, isn't it? And there's, there's a bit of a crunch right now for everyone yeah. trying to find, to find talent. And I think you know, one of the biggest mistakes people make when they're looking for talent is to try and find people who are like them and uh, so they should really try and uh, find people who think differently to them. But it's difficult finding people is, is difficult. But we have a great ecosystem here in Ireland in terms of the types of people that the universities produce. In fact, the, the Stripe Brothers, the Collison Brothers,
1: oh yeah,
0: uh, are, ac- ac- actually went to school uh, near near our office building. So we I think we produce some good guys. <laughs>
1: And Definitely. actually,
0: one of, uh, this is completely different. Aside to, to email, one of the things I was involved with was, still am, is Coder Dojo. We're teaching kids to code. And sure. uh, so that's, been, I mean, that's a worldwide thing, but it actually started in Ireland. And uh, I'm not sure if many people know that. And that's yeah. been that's been huge fun. And it was actually a learning, a learning curve for me because you kind of had to go back to the very basics and teaching an eleven-year-old, you know, how to code. I mean, we were even teaching mm-hmm. them about websites and using Scratch and all that sort of stuff. So, so okay. I, I'm yeah. I'm uh, I'm very hopeful for the future as to what that group of people will do.
1: Uh, right. I mean, like these like, twenty-year-olds, you know, could have been building websites ten years ago. You know, like when they were ten. Right. Yeah. Exactly. It's pretty, pretty wild stuff. Email marketers who run high-volume email programs know that the ease with which you can make decisions impacts campaign success. And that's why OnGage made sure it's easy to act on, optimize, and leverage your data. With OnGage, you'll be able to send your customers on personalized journeys based on the data from an action-based dashboard and with in-depth reporting. To learn more, visit hillbergcom OnGage and discover what OnGage can do for you. What is the most surprising thing you've learned? I never in the process, but I mean, like in general, I guess you know through your your career, uh, you know, you've got your hats and a lot of rings. It sounds like yeah.
0: Well, I, yeah, a lot a lot of things, um, but I guess one of the things that has surprised well, that surprised me is people don't read, you know, and uh, so I've I've learned to, and we've we've used that to shape, you know, how our product looks and how it behaves, so that. You know, we've used that to evolve it in terms of making it easier to use and so on. But, and I think it's an important lesson for marketeers, uh, You know, our fellow email guys, is that people don't necessarily read, and that there are words people, there are images people. There's a combination, and you need to serve both. And which kind of brings me to my project for this year, um, which is to bring. Email geeks and copy geeks together, because I think that a lot of the words we see in our emails aren't that great, and I think we we need help. You know, I've I've gone off on a little journey and educated myself on on, on this, and I actually put together a nice little Twitter list of of copywriters that people can follow. But I th- I think that's one of the issues we have, and and I, you know in terms of. The words that we use. Words matter, right? And there are some fabulous wordsmiths out there, some of them operating within the email space. Folks like Ann Handley. She's really good. Nikki Biaz. You know Nikki, right? Did you interview Nikki her?
1: Alba's, Alba's. Nikki yeah, Alba. she was uh, she was one of my early guests. You know? Yeah. Yeah.
0: N- Nikki is great. I think, I
1: think number and, two.
0: Yeah, <laughs> she's my and, second
1: guest of all time.
0: Was she? Okay, yeah. And there you uh, Sure. Josh, and people like Josh Specter. So, anybody listening in, follow those three people, and uh, they, you know, what they have to say um, about uh, copy in email is certainly worth worth reading and worth worth looking at. Yeah.
1: for sure. All right. So, what what's unique about email that you think you you love it so much? You know, like what what all are in street we're talking. What do you love so much about email marketing?
0: Well, it's you know as 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 I've mentioned to you, it's the you know the number one channel between brands and consumers, and there is no algorithm in the way. so that's you know that's why I, I think it's a great space to be in, and it's still evolving. i mean you you asked, you know we gave some stories there of of people who said email is dead. well, you know, it isn't and there's a lot a lot evolving in email so one of the other things i've i've been doing over the last 2 years is got gotten involved in the no code space and the no code space is just super exciting like what people are doing with platforms like bubble softer uh, zapier zapier i think the americans call, them, yeah. I call it zapier <laughs> is amazing and if, you know i I've, I've been looking at what people are doing with these tools and the things that they're building uh, it's so great because it's enabling them to build tools beyond what we provide. You know, I'm seeing people doing things with Google Sheets, Airtable, Zapier, and I, I, th- I think there's some some exciting stuff about to come out um, in terms of what these platforms can do for people. So it's there's a lot to, a lot to be done.
1: Right, for sure. Um, Right, so what do you do when you're, when, you know, you're, you're CEO of uh, SensorPro? So what does that have you doing every day? Well, we're a, we're a small company,
0: um, so I, I kind of do a bit of everything. You know, as, as I mentioned, the, uh, just there, the, the no-code space is something that we're looking at at the moment. Um, and in, a, in terms of making it easier for people to do things with the data um, that we're doing. So uh-huh. that's, that's one of the things um, that, I, that I do.
1: All right. Do you have your own or can you give us a, like a, your top five email marketing tips for 2022? Yeah, well, for
0: 2022, for uh, there's a lot of things. Get good at copy. So and if you don't have copywriters on your team and you're a big brand, well, I think you can afford to do that now. Or you can't <laughs> not afford to do it. Um, if Do you have any recommendations
1: where to get good at
0: copy? Like you know, um, if you yeah. Well, I I published an article a few months ago about this, and I gave a whole list on it. We can pay, maybe put it in the show notes. But get a copywriter is uh, one source. Uh, but uh, you know, have a look at that and use use tools like Grammarly, Hemingway. So that's one thing that that I think email marketers should do for 2022. And, and in terms of the basics, I mean, there's always the basics of, of course, have your authentication set up properly for your domain, things like SPF, DKIM, DMARC. These are all, all basic things I'm expecting that everyone would have. And, and uh, do the two things I mentioned at the top of the hour, which was get yourself your Gmail logo and make sure your pre-header is awesome. Because it's, uh, and actually back to Nikki, I actually use Nikki as an example of someone who does a great free header. She does, does a super job on it. And so it's it's a free subject line. So that's, go do that.
1: For sure, for sure. And uh, you kind of mentioned this before, but like, what do you think that are the biggest mistakes that you're seeing?
0: Yeah, um, We well, we've talked about a few and the biggest one I think is the authentication that, that we mentioned. Uh, you know, a lot of people talk about you know, here's the magic sauce for getting into Gmail. <laughs> uh, you know, and none of these people work for Gmail, right? And so, you know, but if you do these the basics that I mentioned, you know, that's that's a start. And also getting involved with the email geeks community, say on Slack. You know, there's a lot of great knowledge in there and great people um, that can help you. So join that. But those that's a mistake I'm seeing. I'm seeing a lot. But I, I'm also seeing something that isn't uh you know it's not run of the mill and it's it's where people may be taking bad advice or taking generic advice and applying it across across the board so for example one of the things i see people saying is remove your inactive contacts right and of course if your email platform is working properly and has got good bounce management it should be self-cleaning, right? That's All of that should be standard. You're only emailing to people that have subscribed and that have an active inbox. I'm assuming that takes place. What I mean is where people are being told, if somebody hasn't opened an email in three months, delete them. That works in some cases, but not in every case. So you need to be careful about um, taking that type of advice. And uh, uh, I heard a good story about that where, I actually have a client who sends out a newsletter once a month and one subscriber only opens in December and then buys something every year. I don't know, I presume it's a Christmas gift or something like that. But if they had taken that advice, they would have deleted that that, that one person who was buying from them. So you need to be careful about um, doing that. And it's not a one size fits all. And actually, I think Steve Henderson uh, from SAP okay. a good blog post about this, um, where he said that inactives are part of your normal emailing. So that's, you know, that's, uh, I, I, I have a post about that people can, can read. And I mentioned other people like Della Quist of Alchemy Works, who's also spoke about this and Steve Henderson from, from SAP. So that would be, so just be careful about doing that because while that might boost your open rates, might kill your revenue so yeah right. and, and this is where we're making the mistake of relying solely on the open metric as the sole metric it's you know we've got to go wider than that and we you know we talked about that earlier in in terms of clavio
1: right? right 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 for sure for sure and everyone's got to think about their own buying cycle and you know like you're selling uh you know, every every business is different, so you really got to think about like, okay, someone hasn't been in attention for a while. Like you never know. I mean, I just sent an email for a furniture company. The guy hadn't, and, you know, we segmented, so you know, we sent the same email just to see what's going on. Right. Well, I mean, and, I, I, and uh, people that hadn't opened an email forever, you know, got a sale. So yeah. There you terrible. go.
0: And you know, and I I've seen people writing about this. It's not just in our space. There is a general uh, attribution problem, and a measuring of engagement problem, and I don't think we're there yet. I am thinking about how we can solve that. I'm trying to build tools maybe that will help us solve that. But generally speaking, we do have an issue in terms of measuring engagement. And we can't just measure engagement based on email opens. I mean, personally, I'll subscribe to things. I won't open them. It might be three months, six months. But just because it's sitting there in my inbox doesn't mean I don't see it. so and i may well go on the website and buy something and never open it so that attribution of what brought me to that purchase or read your thing or whatever it is isn't always about the email open people need to i think understand that
1: right for sure all right how do you see email changing
0: over the next five years well, there's been a lot of talk about things like AMP, hasn't there? And um, but I, you know, I would love to see interactivity in email. Um, we've got some, we've got some really nice AMP examples on our own platform, where the survey is running inside the email and it looks cool. But it's still only happening for Gmail. So I'd love to see that being adopted more widely. But I'm worried about Gmail because. Or Google because they tend to take on things and not quite finish them right. Um, so it would be nice to see that being more widely adopted. And I think, sure. and I think that no code's going to surprise a lot of people in email in the next five years. Uh, we're going to see some pretty interesting things coming out of that space. I think.
1: I'm curious to see what it is. I mean, I mean you know, I mean, I could think. You know, but it's like these, you know, what I call marketer friendly tools that don't require any code. Right. What
0: I'm seeing in the no code space, Hillel, is I'm seeing people who are not technical, but who are brilliant at what they do and be domain experts in different things. You know, they'd be scientists or analysts or whatever, and then they're able to make things. And so what they're making is very different to what the tech person is making. So that's what's that's the difference. And I think that's great. I love it. It's fantastic.
1: All right, what are your proudest email achievements?
0: That's a difficult question. What do you mean by
1: that? It could be an email you sent. It could be, um, you know, just where you've things you've accomplished, I guess, you know, I mean, it could be a client of yours that you brought on.
0: I really don't know how to answer that. I mean, I, I, I think in terms of building a platform that we have, that we've made and that it's, you know, it's easy for people to use and it's affordable uh, for people, and also that it's hosted in in the EU is is a is a great thing.
1: Can you talk about that a little more? Like, Good what control. is that? You know, I guess maybe you know recently Google got you know slapped for bringing privacy data to the US from Europe. Right, right. So being in the yeah, EU is that you know how does yeah, that
0: I help? A number you? of things there. I mean, you know, one of the things you know, something that I'm, I guess, proud of, but it wasn't spectacularly successful, would be the whole do not track movement. Um, so we actually brought uh, launched that at Andrew Bonar's um, Inbox Expo last year, I think. And that's really was to encourage people to add, uh, do, you know, take off tracking on an on email. And uh, it didn't go anywhere. <laughs> I'm I'm still proud of it. And if you go on our website um, and you subscribed yesterday. Yeah. And you see how that works and there's a do not track there. There's not that many people doing it. Um, Other people who are though, are Rui Noons. I don't know. Do you know
1: Rui? No, Uh, but you should know when I had Andrew on the show and I asked him, him, what are the things that that annoy you in the inbox? And he said, the pixel. (laughs) And he went on for about 10 minutes about that. So yeah definitely he's very concerned about privacy and um, and good for you guys really for you know making it an option and just to clarify what that is you know go to go to their website go to sensorpro.com and you'll see look for the newsletter sign up and you'll see you could actually click a box that says do not track meaning the emails you'll get from sensorpro will not have a tracking pixel
0: right is that so correct? it's actually sensorpro.eu i think sensorpro.com oh was.
1: .eu sorry <laughs>
0: Maybe I should have done that. You should probably um, buy that
1: one too. It but, you know.
0: but we do, you know, mm-hmm. we do have clients that uh, are quite concerned about where their data is. They want to know exactly what data center it's in. You know that it's that the data doesn't leave the EU. Uh, so we 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 accommodate customers like that, and and they like these types of settings where they can have no tracking at all, because that's not that's not the outcome. That they're looking at they're not looking at the outcome of tracking they're looking at the outcome of people buying things from you and uh, so so customers you know some of our customers in the EU look for that and other kind of things like data at rest encryption that we provide for government clients in particular that's something that they like as well so there's it's kind of you don't see that talked about a lot in our in our email space but we would be one of the few platforms where Everything is encrypted, um, should you choose to do that. Uh, So, for certain types of uh, uh, companies like companies in the banking industry that we serve, government clients, that's a thing they like.
1: (laughs) For sure. All right, let's um, shift a little bit. What are your favorite brands? Like, you love copies. I want to know what brands do you love to open? Yeah. We
0: talked about them earlier, actually. The guys in Sapier, Zapier, they actually do really good emails. They're clever, uh, customized. Cause is a good from a clothing brand. I like what they do. And Shopify oh, actually but,
1: do. Which one was that second one?
0: Coz, C O S. I think no, they're uh, familiar, uh, Okay, I'll have to check it uh, out. I think it's a Norwegian brand. I'm not sure what mm-hmm. country they're from. And Shopify do a great job, actually. Of their emails, I like I like how they they do things, and actually, why you know any anybody listening in, if they go to reallygoodemails.com, that's a that's a great source of inspiration. So if you're looking for some really good emails, which is guess a, a good domain name, if you're looking for some really good emails, that's a, that's a place to go find some inspiration for your email. Um, sure.
1: All right. So what about any particular campaigns that really stuck with you and why?
0: I can't really recall any that that, that, that come to mind, Hillel, but in, in terms of my favorite types of campaigns that brands do are our welcome series. And it's, you know, it's a must that people do is that when I sign up, I get an email in five days, I get another one, but they're all connected to either my activity, things I've bought and so on. So those are the those are the ones that get a green tick from me in terms of favorite campaigns.
1: Okay, all right. I think we've reached the end. Um, so just you have the floor. Uh, whatever final thoughts you want to share. Yeah. Can. No. It's again the
0: you know the a, a simple thing that you can do to improve your inboxing. It's free. Go to sensorpro.eu forward slash P-R-E. And make sure you, it'll make sure you nail the pre header every single time. And there's also a link in there on how you get the logo on, on your Gmail. Do, the, do those two things and your email will be awesome.
1: All right, that's some, some good advice. Thank you so much, Chris. It's really, it's been a pleasure. I love the way you think and talk. Like, <laughs> just your, your, all your tips are like so yeah, very implementable. You know, not very high level. Just you know, make sure your logo is there. Do yeah. whatever you can. Especially, if it takes a few minutes to set up. Right. I love it. Great uh, chatting with yeah, you, so, and thank you for having me. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I appreciate it. And I'm gonna let you go um, before... uh, Stick around, I'll be right there. Anyway, that's our show for today. Thank you everyone who joined and commented. And I hope you learned something. And next, I'm not sure who our next guest is gonna be, but I know we're gonna have finally, uh, Liz Willits is gonna be on the program. Uh, We've had a few mishaps uh, having her on, but she's gonna be joining us uh, sometime in May. But uh, yeah, thanks for joining and uh, see you next time.